Hello and welcome back to the Medicy Tapes. So today I'm going to be joined again by Sean Hockey, the Managing Director of Medicy, and he's going to give us a bit of a run through of all of the clinical services that Medicy can provide. I'm looking forward to the conversation, it should be interesting, so let's get into it. So welcome back to the Medicy Tapes. I'm here joined again by Sean, um, and we're going to be talking today a little bit about the clinical pharmacy services that Medicy can provide. Um, thank you for joining us, Sean. No problem. Glad to be here again. Just talk us through what the service is that you can provide. Okay, yeah, it's something I'm really excited about. Um, so I've always felt that my, uh, that um, pharmacists can do more, uh, that we can uh, really contribute to to supporting patients, obviously with with their medication. Um, I guess, I guess this this uh, thought came oh five six years ago about trying to take the um, think about pharmacists as working within within a particular building or a particular department within within a hospital for instance it's it's really about using pharmacists to realize their full potential so what what i what i the service is about is really finding out uh, the challenges of a particular gp practice or a primary care network or even even a ccg um in terms of their medication services and design a service to support them so within a, a gp practice what we do is we go and visit the practice, or, or we used to go and visit the practice in the olden days, um, or do a Zoom or Teams call now um, to find out what their challenges are. So quite often it's around, you know, processing uh, requests for medication either on a repeat or acute basis, um, or it, it's about sort of processing hospital discharge letters, or it may be around a particular condition. So something like asthma or type two diabetes, COPD, those kind of sort of chronic conditions. And, and in some instances, we're, we're, we're doing some really innovative work. Um, in one particular area, we're supporting patients with rheumatoid arthritis, uh, and we've designed a clinical service which is really cutting edge. Um, it's, it's sort of based around the physicians, uh, sorry, the clinicians, and also around the patients. Uh, and what we're, we've been able to do is really improve the service for those patients with rheumatoid arthritis. So it's very much about thinking afresh, thinking differently about how we can. Um, use pharmacists' unique skill set uh, to support patients with the medication. Um, so, how does it work then? It was actually uh, I was at work one day and um, I had a patient who'd been newly diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I'd been talking to her for quite some time, um, and actually we, we referred her, um, and we found that the referral period was something like twenty-five weeks. Mm -hmm. So this is this is north of England. So northeast of England, actually. Um, and I know with rheumatoid arthritis, um, really, if you don't get on top of it early on, within the first three months, you, you're basically fighting fires. Yeah. You know, there's lifelong damage done to the joints. Um, so it's really, really important that people get to see um, a rheumatologist quickly so they can get on treatment so they can prevent lifelong damage being done. Mm -hmm. So we, it was really about, that, that just triggered um, sort of thought process for me about what why is that what, what's stopping people being able to see a rheumatologist is, is it just too many people that, who need to see the the consultant and when we actually started digging into it with the, the trust concerned we found out that this this particular clinic was being clogged up by people who were just having routine monitoring so you know potentially toxic drugs that they were taking needed to be closely monitored which is absolutely fine but people were going back to hospital to have this done. Uh, it's something that you know most GP practices or many GP practices do, 
And it just seemed to me that if we could take those people out of the, of the system, out of the secondary care system, it would free up the, you know, the acutely unwell people to see the people, you know, the, the consultants they really need to see. Um, and and basically, uh, it just seemed to me that actually you want the consultants seeing acutely unwell people because those are the, the people who will benefit most from, from that consultant's time. So I went away and thought about it and we created, or I created with, with my team, what I call a, a clinical hub. <clears throat> and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concept um, that really designs a clinical service around the patient primarily uh, and around the clinicians. So it's, it's, as I've mentioned before, it's about taking buildings out of the equation. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, we always need buildings. People need to meet in buildings, but actually stop making the rheumatoid arthritis about the hospital. Um, because actually a lot of the work that can be done, a lot of the support can, that can be provided to these patients can be done in, in primary care. It can be done on the phone. It can be done by a video link. Um, so we designed a service uh, 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 that would help release that, that logjam within the North Leeds Hospital. Unfortunately, the, the hospital concern took far too long <clears throat> to make a decision. Um, and somebody else jumped on, on board and um, ran with the concept took a long time to get all the compliance documentation done. But actually, I was really, really proud because we, we, we were in a room with um, primary care, people from GP practices, from GP Federation. We were in the room with people from the Foundation Trust, from the CCG, uh, from uh, pharmaceutical partners, pharmaceutical company partners. And we're all in a room designing a service to improve the outcomes for patients. I don't think that happens very often. I don't think it happens often enough. Um, at the end of the day, these are patients that uh, are both primary care patients and secondary care patients. Um, so it's really exciting to be involved in, in, a, in a project like that. And to be honest, we're always looking for opportunities like that. You know, any, any of the long-term conditions, um, I'm particularly excited by the opportunities around ASPA. Um, a lot of the new biological treatments that, that have coming out for you know, severely asthmatic patients, a suggestion that maybe asthma is more than one condition. There's actually different types of asthma uh, because the biological treatments work slightly differently. So it, it's sort of saying to me that actually going forward, we may not be just saying somebody's asthmatic. They'll be saying they're, they have a particular type of asthma and, and we'll be designing treatments for them um, based yeah. on maybe even on their even on the genetic makeup yeah. um i'm sure that 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 will come soon yeah so it, it sounds like sort of just taking an arthritis model it's yeah. something that could be applied like you've said across a range of different conditions but also just in general i suppose from a from a practice itself freeing up the time of some of the other practitioners absolutely you know the, the pharmacists are experts in medication you know that that's that that's the that's the I guess the um, the most important thing. You know, we we don't we shouldn't claim to be mini GPs. We don't do the, you know those long long hours in hospital for diagnosing. We do uh, you know four years of training plus a, an extra year pre registration training to be the experts in medication. So in, in many 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 well most most conditions when it comes to treatment rely on medication and really who better than pharmacists to make sure that a patient's getting the, the best medication. To help their condition definitely and how would you go about tailoring the service to different practices or like saying different conditions 
what sort of the process of it? The process is, is um, it's a fairly in-depth process to start off with. So what, what we do is we, we would, uh, assuming we're in the non-COVID time, uh, we would go out and we'd visit the practice and spend some time, understand their processes, understand their challenges, um, understand you know the opportunity to improve care. So some, sometimes it's about um, not having enough clinicians, it's sometimes not having the right skill set, it's sometimes not having the right processes within a practice. Um, you know, there are some practices out there who are very, I guess, old school in terms of the way they do things. Um, you know, some, some practices, it's still very much um, the GP-centred approach and the GP doing a lot of the workload. Um, you know, I, what I, one of the phrases that I use quite often is if after a, a patient's initially diagnosed and started on treatment, then really everything after that in relation to medication should be within the remit of the clinical pharmacist. Mm -hmm. So it's about just thinking again about the way all aspects of a practice works uh, and anything that that is medication related really you should be looking at thinking first is how the how the clinical pharmacist can help you know what what can they do that others can't do what can they do to sort of release gp time if the gp is spending time on medication related tasks then that's probably time they can be said spending you know better elsewhere doing the, the work only they can do and why why should they choose medicine for these services? What, what sort um, of are you bringing? I, I guess there are not many of us about. So one of the reasons is there isn't a huge amount of choice. Um, but actually, uh, and I would be biased on this, I think we're really good at doing this. I, I think we, we understand primary care really, really well. You know, we've been supporting practices, PCNs and CCGs for five or six years now. We've got a history of designing services that are bespoke and unique. Um, for an individual individual practice, uh, and we really care about it. This is this for us isn't isn't just about um, starting a service and letting it run. This is about working with, in partnership with practices, with PCNs, with CCGs to design a service and evolve that service. Uh, no matter how well you plan, um, your service is never perfect on day one, and there are always things that you know you come across that you think, oh, I've never thought about that, or you know, an experience they have when you're delivering this service, you then starts the old um, grey matter work and you think actually, because that's happened, then there's a there's a different way we should be doing things, there's a there's a better way of doing things. And I think that's a really important mindset that the, the this sort of evolution never stops. Um, in in the same way that medicine never stops, you know, you think you've got to the bottom of how to support patients with diabetes, for instance, and then suddenly new medications released or the guidance changes where you come across a patient which just completely challenges every, everything you've thought about beforehand. So that, that constant evolution, that constant search for you know, uh, a better way of doing things, a different way of doing things, a different skill set for delivering services to, to any long-term condition is really, really valuable. Definitely. I think as well you've got the benefit within the team there of having worked in practice and having the experience yourselves. I think that's quite a valuable thing, really. Yeah, and, and it's something I, I always want all our team to do. So obviously, the people who are out there uh, supporting our services across the country are spending all their time in 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 practice. But I, you know, I insist that the management to, team do that uh, as well. Um, you know, it'd be very easy to sort of spend all, all our time in the office uh, doing the office work. But actually, you, you can, it's really easy to lose touch. Just to finish off, how would someone go about inquiring about the services? Um, first thing I would recommend is visit the website. There's, there's quite a lot of good information on there. Um, the second thing is, is to pick up the phone or, or contact us in any way you like. 
So you can do that through the website, you can do that through the web chat uh, on the website, or pick up the phone. You know, you can always phone me, uh, my mobile number, 07971187921, or the office number is 01677252205. You know, feel free to talk, uh, to, to give us a call at any time. Um, you know, we're, we're really excited to, to, to talk to new potential clients and to sort of talk through the challenges that they may be experiencing in practice. Um, you know, we're not a heavy sale company. You know, we're about delivering services that make a difference to patients, um, which is why I'll never end up with an Aston Martin. But, um, you know, it's it, it, hopefully it's why we strive to, to sort of provide the best possible care we can for patients. Well, thank you very much, Sean. No problem. Enjoyed it. Now, that was Sean Hockey talking about the clinical services that medicine can provide. Now, at the start of the podcast, you'll have heard us discussing the rheumatoid arthritis program that Medici run. If you are interested, we will be dedicating an entire episode of the Medici tapes to the arthritis program. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And I think other than that, all that's left to say is thank you very much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have any more inquiries, feel free to drop Sean an email. His email address is sean at Thank you very much and we'll see you next time.